giving. I want to speak this weekend on the subject of blessing. In the Old Testament, God says there's a mountain of blessing and a mountain of cursing, and we all choose which mountain to live on. God wants to bless. Isn't it interesting, the ministry of Jesus, Matthew chapter 5, opens up with a sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, the first word Jesus uses, and the very first sermon recorded by Jesus in the New Testament is the word, blessed. Luke chapter 24, the last thing Jesus does before he sends into heaven, he's with the disciples, he ascends into heaven, and Matt, excuse me, Luke 24 records, he turned around to the disciples as he was going in the air, and the Bible says he stretched out his hand and he blessed them. The first thing Jesus starts his ministry with is blessing, and the last thing Jesus does as he sends into heaven, he blesses. Many of you are going to go eat lunch in just a moment. You're going to say, will you say the blessing? Say grace over the meal. It's appropriate to bless your home. It's appropriate to just look for God's blessing. God wants to bless. That's his intention. And blessings come in all shapes and sizes. Blessings come in all shapes and sizes. Have you ever gone to Academy to buy a new pair of tennis shoes? Can I tell you, it's an adventure. You walk down the aisle, there's walking shoes, there's running shoes, there's canvas shoes, leather shoes, there's black shoes, brown shoes, pink shoes, silver shoes, there's, there's flat shoes, there's high shoes, there, there's, all, there's all kinds of tennis shoes available today in all shapes and sizes. When I was a kid and mom would take us shopping for tennis shoes, we would go to this store and there was this big bin and there were just canvas tennis shoes in it typically you had a choice of three colors black white or red and you would choose tennis shoes and they were kind of tied together the size was on the sole on the bottom the gray sole it was stamped in there and when you would buy tennis shoes you could never buy shoes that would fit you mom would always take her thumb and at the end of your your toe there would always have to be room she said you need room to grow we could never buy shoes that fit. We always had to buy shoes that we would wear and wear out for a long time. When you go to buy tennis shoes today, there's all shapes and sizes. Can I say concerning blessings? They're all shapes and sizes of blessings. Do you know there are provision blessings? There are Jehovah Jireh moments when God comes in and supernaturally provides for you in a way that you could not have done for yourself. There are protection blessings, protection blessings. When it comes to protection blessings, let me just say, God will not answer a prayer that is against his purpose. Some of us are praying prayers and we're saying, God, why aren't you answering it? Because it's not in God's purpose. God is protecting you from making a wrong choice. And that's his blessing to you in one moment, so you will be blessed in another season. They're blessings of peace. Crisis comes. Uh, something happens, interrupts life. And then all of a sudden when you should be upset and in turmoil, God will just flood your heart and bless you with an unusual sense of peace. They're opportunity blessings. Some of us, what we're doing in our career advancement is much higher than really our skill set. Why? Because God has blessed you with an opportunity. God opened the right door at the right time in the right situation and you advanced up 
It's a blessing of opportunity. They're restoration blessings. They're healing blessings. There are generational blessings. The Bible talks about blessings going to the third and fourth generation. In other words, some of us are receiving blessing that is a product of our parents. It's been passed on to us. Generational blessing. A blessing that you're, that you're going to have that's going to flow into your ki- children's life because of decisions and commitments you've made to the Lord. And of course, there are spiritual blessings. Ephesians 1 and 3 says that the Lord Jesus has blessed us with spiritual blessings in heavenly places. What does that mean, spiritual blessings? Some of us were raised in a family where there was a lineage of dysfunction, divorce, bankruptcy, uh, crime, just drug addiction, and you broke the cycle. You made a commitment to the Lord. Perhaps you're the only one in the family that's ever finished college and got a degree. God has blessed you, a spiritual blessing, when it would have been so easy to fail. God brought success, and God's blessed you, spiritual blessings. A blessing is always God flowing into our life. You know you're going to be blessed if you allow God into your life. When God is coming into our lives, the product, the result, the fruit of that is blessing. If you're not being blessed, perhaps there's a door, a barricade that you said, God, you can't cross this threshold. God, you can't come in. Blessing is always a product of God coming into our life. And we can invite blessing, we can resist blessing, and we can stop blessing. I don't know about you, but I want to increase blessing. God wants to bless, and I want to talk to you today about blessing. In your Westover app or in your Bible, in Malachi chapter number Three. We're going to begin reading at verse number 6. And as I read, I'm going to pause and reflect and kind of do a little bit of teaching as we go along the way. Verse number 6. I, the Lord, do not change, so you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. I, the Lord, do not change. A good translation of that would be, I, the Lord, repeat myself. I, the Lord, repeat myself. You're familiar with this phrase. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God repeats himself. In other words, God bless, God will bless, and God will continue to bless. God is saying, I don't change. God has not amended his plan. God has not repealed his blessing. God is saying, I I will repeat myself. I will continue to bless in your life. I, the Lord, do not change. Now, as we unpack this, let me just push back on something that's taught from time to time, maybe on the internet or you read an article. Sometimes people will tell you the Old Testament does not apply today. I'll always hear somebody quote this. Well, we're not under law, we're under grace, and the Old Testament is all about law. Let me push back on that. God said in his word, Malachi I, the Lord, do not change. Well, what, how do you explain that we're not under law? Because in the Old Testament, there are five kinds of laws. Five kinds of laws, and two of them still apply to us. First, there is civil law. This is, this is ceremonial practice of 
perhaps marriage or, or how the society operated and how they functioned and that a civil law, that was for them at that particular time. There is also ceremonial law. The priests would enter the tabernacle and they would have to put on certain robes and do certain things and observe certain holy days. And on certain festival moments, they were th there were these ceremonies they would go through. That's ceremonial law. Then there is dietary law. Dietary law, God is saying, don't eat this and eat this instead. Why? Well, they didn't have the refrigeration system and they didn't have the way of preserving. And God was saying it for your health reason. Do not do that. So there are three laws that are in the Old Testament that God says do not apply now. But the next two do. That is moral law and spiritual law. The Ten Commandments are moral law and then spiritual laws of devotion and loyalty to God apply to us. That's what God is saying. That the law I'm about to give you is a spiritual law. It still applies. It's still to be repeated. It is still to be followed. In fact, when Jesus gave us the Sermon on the Mount in the New Testament, he goes back and he picks up the moral law, the Ten Commandments, and he represents them and he says they have not diminished. In fact, the requirements in the New Testament are even higher. Moral law and spiritual law still apply to us today. Let's continue reading verse number, uh, verse number 7. The Lord tells us here, Ever since the time of your ancestors you have turned away from my decrees, and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? There's something very important in that verse to see. He says, you have turned away and have not kept. It typically happens in that order. We typically turn from God, and once we turn from God, if that's our propensity and our tendency, the next thing you find yourself doing is that you do not keep his commandments and you do not keep his, his precepts and his teaching. You turn away from the Lord, you get cold in your heart, you get distance from God, then all of a sudden you start rationalizing, I don't have to do that. That doesn't apply to me. That's not for me, that's for them. You start rationalizing, and rationalizing away God's teaching is always a product, here's what we've done before, we have turned away from God. Let me just put it this way. When you're reading scripture and you say, I don't believe that, and you turn the page, it probably means you've turned your heart away from God. And verse number 7, God is saying, return to me. Let's continue reading verse number 8 and following. Will a mere mortal rob God? Rhetorical question. Yet you rob me, but you ask. How are we robbing you in tithes and offerings? You are under a curse, the whole nation, because you are robbing. Four times in two verses, God says you're robbing. He starts with a rhetorical question, and the rhetorical question is this. Can you really rob God? The answer to that is no. So what is God teaching? He is saying you can't rob God. What you're doing is you're robbing yourself. Anytime. Whether it's a commitment to God, devotion, our heart, our worship. Anytime we withhold from God, we're not robbing God, we're robbing ourselves. Have you ever had, have you ever had somebody steal something from you? 
Have you ever been robbed? Have you ever come home and your house is broken into, your car is broken into? Have you ever left something somewhere and went away and came back? You know I'm talking about that sickening feeling. Somebody has taken, somebody stole something, somebody's been a thief, somebody's broken and robbed something from you. I remember a few years back, I went out in the driveway one morning and my car door window was broken. And there was something missing in the car I had in the driver's seat. It was a leather case there. And they broke in and stole that. I'm sure they thought they're going to get a computer. They're going to get an iPad or some kind of electronic thing that they can pawn or sell. They stole my Bible. My Bible was in that leather case. And I said, that's my Bible. God, just, just get after them with the word. Let that, let that just so convict them. God, let them be, always be reminded they stole God's word. And, and Lord, just, just drive that into their heart. That feeling of somebody's taken something, somebody stole. God said, I will never have that feeling because you cannot rob me. God says he will never have that angst and that sickening feeling because God cannot be robbed. He said, anytime we withhold, that's the feeling we're going to have. And some of us were there. Some of us, you're looking at life and saying, God, you're not fair. God, why is my life going this direction? Why am I not blessed? And God says this, because you're withholding something. And then he goes on to say to the people, he said, you're withholding tithes and offerings. What's the difference between tithes and offerings? Good question. Let me answer it. Tithes and offerings. Tithe expresses loyalty to God. We tithe and give our tithe faithfully to express loyalty to God. Offering expresses gratitude to God. Tithe represents my loyalty to God. My offering represents my gratitude to God. The tithe, God chooses the amount. It's the tenth. And an offering, God says, you're allowed to choose the amount. The tithe, God says, I'm going to tell you where to place it. In the storehouse, your local church. But the offering, you can give it anywhere your heart is pulled and your heart is drawn. And God is teaching us here the importance of giving. In Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6 is what we call the Lord's Prayer. If I was to begin to quote it, many of you would know it by heart. Our Father which art in heaven, and that has been ingrained in you, and it's a precious prayer, and it's a very insightful prayer. But what I want to point out is, and that's in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 5 and following. Right before that, the first four verses of Matthew chapter 6, Jesus teaches us about giving. Before Jesus teaches us about prayer, the first four verses of that chapter, he teaches us about giving. Then we go over to Acts chapter 10. There's a man there. His name is Cornelius. He in, lives in a place called Caesarea. An angel from God comes and visits Cornelius. The angel speaks to Cornelius and says, Cornelius, God is pleased with you. And your prayers, notice this, and your offerings 
have come up as a memorial before God. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it interesting? We understand that in heaven God hears our prayer. God, our, our prayers go right before the presence of the Lord. But the Bible says so does our offering. Now that makes sense from Matthew chapter 6, why Jesus taught us both in giving and in prayer. And as it were, he's saying these two things will give you audience before the throne of God. What is he teaching us here? The importance of giving. Let's continue reading. Verse number 10 and following. And the Lord says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. In the Hebrew, it has a softer tone. In the Hebrew, the original language, it's, it's almost this. Would you, would you please put me to the test? Try me. Try it. Just please give God a chance. That's the, the, the heart and the, the emotion behind that in the original language. Test me in this. Please test me, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much. There's the word. God's going to pour out so much blessing that there will be not room enough to store it. Verse 11. Now he's speaking to people whose economy was agriculture, Gary's uh, economy. I will prevent the pests from devouring your crops and the vines and the fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Let me bring that into 21st century vernacular. Here's what he's saying. Their means of economy was, was farming. Here's what God was saying. Honor me, and guess what? I'll preserve your finances. Guess what I will do? When there's downsizing, I will protect you. I'll upsize you when others are being downsized. I will watch over I will advance your job. I will advance your career. When no one's being promoted, you'll be promoted. When they're not hiring, they'll hire you. When the opportunity comes, God will supernaturally bring your resume to the front. God will shower blessings. God will watch over you. You honor the Lord, and God says, guess what? Then I'm going to go to bat for you. I will bless you. And then he says in verse number 12, Then all the nations will call you, there's that word again, Blessed and yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Your family, your career, your business will be delightful because God blesses. What is he teaching us here? Let me bring it down. Here it is. Here's what scripture is teaching. Giving is not incidental because blessings is not accidental. Giving is not incidental because blessing from God is not accidental. Blessing is just not something like a butterfly. He blesses a few and it lands here and other people it doesn't go to. God says that, that blessing is not accidental. There is something we do that unlocks, opens the floodgates of blessing in our finances, our heart, our home, our family. That brings blessings of healing, bring blessings of grace, spiritual blessing generational blessings and God is telling us right here when we give to God then God assigns blessings in our life when we give to the Lord our livelihood comes under the jurisdiction of God it's no longer under the jurisdiction of the economy we're no longer controlled by the cost of living we're no longer manipulated by circumstances God says he singles us out uniquely 
and assigns blessings in our life. Blessing is not accidental, it's intentional. It's not an accident. When Denise and I were in Bible school, and all of a sudden I got a notice from our automobile insurance company, and the bill for the six-month period of time was half of what it normally would be. So I called the insurance agent. I said, our automobile insurance premium for the six months seemed to drop in half. What has happened? It doesn't seem like it's correct. The, the insurance man said, well, you just pay it, and I'll call and check upon it. Pay the premium, the bill they gave you, and I'll see what it is. I'll check on it. And a few days, he called me back, and he said, sure enough, it was a computer error. They have corrected it, and everything is set. I asked him, I said, then what do I need to pay now to keep the insurance for the next six months? And here's what he told me. He said, I cannot explain it, and they've never done it before. But the company told me to tell you they're forgiving the other part of the premium. They, he said that has never happened before. I've never heard of that, but that's what the company told me to tell you. Can I tell you, giving is not incidental because blessing is not accidental. It was not an accident when we planted this church some 32 years ago. Denise and I sold our house. We took all of our equity we put in the church. I went out and borrowed money against my car, and I put all of that in church. I just told Denise, if we're going to go under, we're going to go under all the way. God's going to show up or we're out of business. I'm, I'm not going to be in a position where I'll ever say, God, I didn't give and do my all. And we were in a tight time. And our insurance agent, by the way, it was a different insurance company and a different insurance agent. Our automobile insurance was coming due. And the agent, he did not, he did not attend our church. But he, the phone rang and I picked it up and he says, is this Jim? And I said, yes, it is. He said, I just want to tell you, your automobile insurance is due for the next six months. And my wife and I have talked about it. We feel led of God to pay your automobile insurance for the next six months. Oh, can I tell you? God just does stuff. God just shows up. People that will put God to the test, I will assure you, there's going to be unusual coincidences that you cannot explain. You're not going to realize why the day before they're not hiring and you walk in and they're hiring. You will not be able to explain they're not opening new positions, but they're going to offer you a new position. You can't explain unique things that happen unusual things that happen in your life. God just brings his blessing into our life. And I'm here to admonish all of us, to invite all of us, take God at his word. Take God at his word. Trust him. When we give to the Lord, God says, I open doors of blessing. God pours out blessings in our life that we would have never had otherwise. And I've often wondered, God, I wonder what setback, disaster, crises, situation never came. Never came because you kept it away. You blessed us. Things that I'm, God, probably not even aware of. But something was coming and God, you put a firewall. You put your hand here and you said, it's not going to come near my son. It's not going to come near my child because God blessed God will do it. God will protect. God will watch over. God will do things for you you can't do by yourself. And we learn in giving that generosity comes when our heart is satisfied with God.
When your heart is satisfied with God, the natural expression is generosity. You see, you see, you can let go of stuff when you know God is enough. When you know God is enough, the stuff, it's easy to let go of. And some of us, we do all of our living by the calculator. We calculate and then we hit the total button. We say, no, can't do it. Just can't do it. But when you, when you know God is enough, you enter all of your numbers, but you let God hit the total button. <laughs> God's in charge of the bottom line. You let God have the say-so. And I will tell you in my life, I have been given and forgiven much more than I can ever give to God. Wow. You know, God has a way of blessing you don't have to pay taxes on. God just, God makes things last longer. Has this ever happened to you? Everyone that bought one had problems with it, and you bought it, and it lasted longer than anything else you'd ever had. You know what I'm talking about? God just assigns blessings. God just makes it work. You're going to go in to buy it, and the day you walk in, they have a 30% discount on it. Wow, I didn't know I was going to buy it anyway. I saved 30%. Why is that? Aren't I lucky? No, you're blessed. That's blessing that comes. God just shows up in so many ways. He blesses and takes care of his people. And I'm going to invite you to know God's blessings. A couple years ago, Denise and I were in Springfield, Missouri. We flew there for the 100th anniversary celebration of the Assemblies of God. There were probably 15, 17,000 ministers, pastors from all over the nation that came in for this wonderful celebration. So we went there for the 100th celebration of the Assemblies of God in Springfield, Missouri. When we're out traveling, Denise always wants to find a Sonic. She likes their tea and she likes their eyes. So we found one. She found one on the phone. Turn here, turn here. We went down the road and sure enough, there was a Sonic. So we drove up to the drive through at the Sonic. I pull up to the box and, and they, the voice comes out, may I help you? I gave Denise's order, and they said, thank you, told me how much it'll be. I waited in line, drive up, and finally it was my turn to pull the automobile up in front of the window, and she opened the window. She handed me the drink, and she said this to me, the driver in front of you paid for your drink. Really? Wow, wow. And I'm trying to figure this out. We're in Springfield, Missouri. No one knows us. No one knows us here. Who, who would have done that? So I passed the drink on Denise. I said, well, do you, how could it be? I didn't know. I don't think there was anybody. We're, we're, in the, we're in a strange town. You know, the analytic person, we're trying to, we've got to figure everything out, don't we? Analytic people, we've got we to gotta analyze everything. So I closed the window, and I drove away, and I'm still trying to figure out, and about a block away, it hit me. It hit me. That was one of those pay it forward moments sometimes you'll hear about that on the news it's gone 40 60 people this person paid for that one so that person pays for the next and that person pays for the and you go all the way down the line until finally some dunce stops it i was that person i was that person everybody had been paying and it came to my turn 
and I didn't catch on, and I, I stopped what somebody else started. And I've wondered, I wonder how many times in my life I've stopped the blessing of God because I wasn't willing to be generous. I wonder how many things I prayed over and lost sleep over and was anxious over. And God says, you wouldn't have been there. My blessing could have taken care of that. But you didn't know how to open the floodgates of heaven. Didn't know how to trust God. Didn't know how to just take God and, and sow into a moment and let God just bountifully in his abundance take care of the matter. I'm sure I've had some of those. And I don't want to miss my blessing. And God says here, learn to be generous. Be generous in this season. And you're going to reap generosity in another season. That's how God does it. And I want to call you to blessing. I want to invite you to live blessing. And many of you faithfully give the tithe, the offering, and it's time to call in your blessing. There'll be a moment you say, God, because I've been faithful, I'm calling in my blessing. You're not being stingy. You're not being selfish. You're calling in your blessing. You're just saying, God, assign it here. God, I invite you to step in and take charge of this. I need my blessing today. And can I tell you, heaven, heaven will open up. Whether it's giving worship to God, giving our heart to the Lord, giving God space in our priorities. Anytime we give anything to the Lord, the outcome of that is blessing. Because blessing is God flowing in I'm going to invite you to give the tithe and the offering. And I've waited for this moment. I don't want us to do it tritely. I don't want us to do it flippantly. The Bible says the tithe is holy. God is holy. It's an act of worship. Do not give out of appeasing God. Do not give to try to earn or buy God. We give out of worship. God, you own. God, I'm inviting you into my life and into my finances. And God says you do that. And I'll assign blessing in your life. So across this auditorium, balcony, and main floor, I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. Would you join me in prayer? And as we go into prayer moments, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you haven't given your heart to Jesus, you can. You see, Jesus, anything we give to him and dedicate to him, God receives. Perhaps for some of us, the giving needs to be our heart. And you can do that now. You can say, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, come into my heart. And God will honor that. He doesn't do it because... This church has a franchise on it. It's his promise to you. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. 
And that's what God can and will do for you. And the rest of us, I invite you to give. Give because you love God. Open up heaven to to come into your life, the blessings of heaven. Let's pray. Father, at this moment, I join with many devoted hearts in this room that love you. And Lord, you're teaching us to, to give to you, to surrender to you, to give our praise to give our hearts, to give the tithe, to give our decisions over to the Lord. Anytime we give God room in our life, blessing flows into that area. And now as we present the tithe and the offering, we're reminded it's holy. It belongs to the Lord. We do it with worship. We don't don't do it begrudgingly. We want to do it because we understand blessing is not accidental. And I thank you, God, for your people. Thank you, God, for opening the Steffi's heart.